You are now tuned in to the real Coach JB Slapdick Podcast. It's the last chance for you. Last chance for me. Will I make it? Will I take it to the top? We gon' see. It's the last chance for you. Last chance for me. It's the last chance for you. Last chance for me. It's the last chance for you. Last chance for me. Will I make it? Will I take it to the top? What up? What up, man? The real coach JB here. Another slapdick podcast coming at you on this fine Friday. That uh, ending the week on a strong note. Day after Thanksgiving. Hope everybody out there had a wonderful one. Spent with their family, friends, whoever. Girls, boys, dogs, cats. I don't know what you spend your time with or holidays with, but hope it was worth it and uh, memorable, to say the least. Um, YouTubers, man, I appreciate you guys. Hit the like button, subscribe, hit the notification bell, become a member. And uh, subscribe today, man. I appreciate everybody coming in on YouTube. Everybody on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music. Uh, appreciate all you guys listening, making this show grow every day. I get about 100,000 downloads a month or, uh, a month now, so I appreciate you guys getting this thing bigger and bigger. Um, so anyway... I noticed on YouTube here, somebody said they're from Cherryville, Kansas, and asked me what the best restaurant in Indy was. Oh, shit. My main man, Alan's in the in the, in the group. Uh, he's here in the chat, so he can probably answer you. It wasn't fucking Taco Bell. I tell you that shit. It's the worst Taco Bell I've ever had in my life was in Independence, Kansas. Um, I don't know, man. The best restaurant... It's probably was railroads, man. Railroad, I think it's called. It's a little steakhouse, little nice little quaint little area right there across the street behind Turbos. Um, to me, that was the best. And then probably Turbos or what's my spot down way down the high, way down the road going out of town. Um, yeah, Turbos wasn't bad. There was a spot in the way in the cut, Alan, where I used to take you guys for like uh, wards and shit. What was that big? It's like a big bar. They had some good food. The, the cook would actually make me a uh, make me a damn uh, pork chop, man. Fire pork chop. It was a jalapeno pork chop. He used to make me a bomb one. Um, but hey, it is what it is. Hey, this uh, this show's brought to you by Manscaped today. Uh, make sure you guys are. Escaping your man parts, men. Ladies, make sure you guys are helping the men escape their man parts. Because you don't want no damn hair in your teeth. It's holiday season. You don't want to get this as a gift or a stocking stuffer. Then make sure you go to manscaped.com. Use my promo code SLAPDICK. Get you 20% off plus free shipping. And make sure that you're guaranteed to win a stocking stuffer. Or or even if it's your white elephant competition, Manscaped's the leader in men's below-the-waist grooming. And they have served more than 4 million men worldwide. If the math is correct, there's almost 8 million balls getting served. Serviced. Get 20% off free shipping at manscaped.com with the code SLAPDICK. Again, that's 20% off free shipping at manscaped.com. Use my code SLAPDICK. Gets you 20% off plus free shipping. Be the ballsiest gift ever. Make sure you go and check it out. Manscaped.com. Don't go to bed without it. Trying to tell you guys. Better go get you some. Quote of the day, man. Never let the things you want make you forget the things you have. 
Ain't that truth, Aaron, uh, Alan? Never let the things you want make you forget the things you have. Man, too many of us are uh, looking for greener pasture, making sure we think the green, the grass is always greener, and um, you know, it's crazy. Now, um, this show, this show is titled "Pilots and Passengers," and. I'm going to get into it, but we got pilots in the world and we got passengers, right? And far too often today in today's world and society, the parents, the coach, the mentor, the administrator, the teacher, we're letting the pilot, I mean, we're letting the passenger fly or operate or drive the ship before they ever get their fucking license. Before they ever even learn how to drive the motherfucker, we're letting them be the pilot. And that's what's wrong with the fucking America right now. There's pilots and there's passengers. Learn your role. Understand. There's leaders, there's followers. A lot of you guys are allowing the followers to lead us. And we're we're being led by the blind leading the blind. I mean, these cats don't know what the fuck. They haven't even paid a mortgage bill. We're letting them fucking dictate to us what we buy them for dinner. What we're cooking for dinner, parents. Come on, man, please. I wish a motherfucker would. Um, but pilots and passengers, man, I'm going to discuss it and dive in deep. Um, Alan wrote a thing in here. He's saying there's 18 coaching jobs open, man. 18 coaching jobs are open right now. And it's funny because we're so priv- We have so many privileged motherfuckers out here coaching this, this profession, which to me gets taken for granted. We got coaches grown men that are so privileged they forget who they are really coaching and what their professional job really is their title coaching to get you where you could not get yourself that's the job of them they're supposed to get these players to where they could not get themselves it's fucked up because skip holtz the son of lou holtz has mutually supposedly parted ways with louisiana tech today and it's crazy, man, because in his exit tweets or whatever you want to say, he basically says, I think it's time for me to start over and find a new challenge and a new story to write. Well, ain't that some fucking convenience? How privileged are you, Coach Holtz? It must be nice to have a daddy named Lou, motherfucker, because not everybody can just get up and leave one job after nine years, being mediocre at best. I think he's 64 and 49 in nine years at La Tech and basically be fired for underperforming, and then he'll get a new job. And he basically came out and said, I'm going to get a new job. I mean, you know how many other Willing participants are out there that want to prove their worth, grind, hustle, go out there and make a name for themselves, but they're getting left out. They're being shut out because of coaches that are that fall in to this profession's lap because of who their daddy was, who their uncle was, who their grandma was. Nepotism at its finest. And it's fucked up because there's a lot of uh, able bodies out there that just go unnoticed because the same old recyclable fucking people get 
the same old jobs. I like James Franklin. Um, you know, good friend. <sighs> he getting a hundred million dollars almost. Mel Tucker. I don't have nothing against Mel, you know. Almost getting a hundred million dollars to get beat by fucking 80 damn near by Ohio State last week. James Franklin, six and four. Like the people that sign these contracts, there's only two cats that are really winning every other year or every year. And that's <laughs> that's Nick Saban and Davo Sweeney. And now Kirby Smart hasn't won shit yet. People are saying how good Georgia is this year. They are good this year, but let's see him win it all. They have he hasn't won it all. Jimbo Fisher's won it once. Um other than that, to me, there's no one worth that type of coin. Nobody should be worth that type of money, especially as an underperformer. And no offense, but shit, James ain't really performed up to par. It's hard gig at Penn State, I believe, after all the scandal and all the shit. You know, um, Urban is, but he's not in college no more, so I don't I don't associate him. But um, there was only really three. Well, there was four with Pete Carroll. So, but at the time that then there was no Urban like that. So it was Pete deserving. Then it became uh, Saban, and then Dabo got in the mix, and then Urban was in in that whole time frame as well. But other than that, Ed, Ed Ogeron got the one, in my opinion, a lucky, perfect alignment of the stars. Burrow, the OC, the fucking DC around who's at B- Baylor doing good things. All the stars aligned for that LSU team. Had a great, talented roster. That was one of the better college football teams we will see in a long, long time. Um, but... See, J.C. doesn't understand what I mean, see. He said that Lincoln Riley has been winning. No, he hasn't. What has Lincoln Riley won, dude? <laughs> so you guys don't understand. These people get... What's 55 and 9 mean, J.C.? What does 55 and 9 do for me? <laughs> what in the fuck does he have? Does he have a ring? Has he won a natty? Has he won a BCS playoff game? No, he has not won shit. Quit giving these people moral victories. Dog, this is a results-oriented life we live. Nick Saban wins natties. Dabo Sweeney wins natties. They don't get blown out in a shitty-ass, no-defensive-playing conference in the BCS every year. Lincoln Riley has won diddly shit. See, that's the problem. You motherfuckers giving out trophies to these motherfuckers. Oklahoma is horrible on a global scale. When they get to the playoffs, they're fucking horrible. They play in a non-defensive league. Dude, winning your conference and winning meaningless games is not winning. It's not worth $100 million. You're supposed to do that. This is a results-oriented life we live. Results-oriented business. You either win it all or you lose. There's no fucking gray area. 55 and 9 means fucking nothing. If he don't come away with the hardware, and that's a natty. If you think boosters and alumni are going to continue to be happy with 55 and 9, you're out your mind. So you guys keep naming names. What have they won? What meaningful game was their last one played that they won? 
Nobody has won their last game besides Dabo, Saban, period. They're the only ones worth the fucking weight in gold. They're only ones. They're only two. And I still think they're overpaid, but that's what it is. College football has become professional football. And, you know, Kirby Smart's got to try to win it this year with the loaded team he has. He's done a great job recruiting. He's got that team loaded. The defense is loaded. We'll see what happens. Um, Now the inspiring one is talking about 2000 Oklahoma won a natty. Was Lincoln fucking Riley the coach? Some of you guys just be talking, dog. (laughs) What the fuck does a 2000 Oklahoma natty have to do with Lincoln fucking Riley right now? Lincoln Riley was fucking like nine. (laughs) Who the fuck cares what natty they won? Okay, USC has the most Heismans too from the 60s on. OJ Simpson won the Heisman. (laughs) OJ won the Heisman. Who gives a fuck? I'm talking about now. What the fuck have they done? Lincoln Riley's done nothing but have a decent regular season. (laughs) That means nothing. The boosters, the alumni, nobody wants that shit. They don't give a fuck. Win your last game. That means you walk off the field a winner in the most meaningful game ever. The natty. (sighs) Just trying to tell you. And Lincoln Riley going to LSU doesn't make any sense to me. Oklahoma and Norman have as much resources as anybody. Oil money, big time donors. They have all the money. You're going to the SEC, Lincoln. Why leave and go to LSU? If that's a if that is even a a, a real discussion, um, doesn't make sense to me. It, it, to me, right now, it's probably lateral. I mean, it's probably a lateral move. But I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, but pilots and passengers, man. There's pilots. There's passengers. Uh, you know. Have you ever asked yourself, which one are you? Which one are you? Are you the pilot or are you the passenger? Um, too many parents allowing their kids to pilot the ship before they even learn how to fucking drive or pay a bill. That's what's fucking crazy. Um, Jimbo ain't winning shit soon, dude. Jimbo ain't winning no natty at A&M. They paid him $10 million a year. They all have good classes, bro. And then guess what? They decommit. And guess what? They go to transfer portal. And guess what? You're playing with a fucking transfer quarterback. And then guess what? Your transfer quarterback leaves. And guess what? You have another decommit tweet. And guess what? Another transfer portal kid comes in. There ain't no continuity. Ain't nobody winning no natty in two years. It's going to be Alabama as long as Nick Saban's there. And I, I assume Dabo Sweeney will be back at Clemson. My, mind you, they're having a shitty year and they're 8-3. and three. Just remember... Remember that. I'm just letting you know. Now, they're in a shitty ACC right now, but I'm just telling you they had a shitty year, and if you look up at it, they're 8-3, and and, and and that's a shitty year for, for Clemson. That's a very good, shitty year to have when it comes to recruiting new talent because you can use this to help you when everyone else is bashing you in recruiting. You can actually use it, and I would spin it so fucking quick in recruiting. Oh, yeah, we had a horrible year, man. This is our worst year we've had in six years. We're eight and three. (laughs) What is is Ryan Day one, JC? What's Ryan Day one, dog? You guys keep bringing up records. (laughs) JC don't get the point. What has Ryan Day done? 
33 and 3. And guess what? He beat Clemson once and lost to him once. He got waxed by Oklahoma. I mean, he got waxed by Alabama. What has he done and won? Did he win the last game of the season? Has he won the last game of his season of the season? No, he hasn't. So 33 and 3, great record. Yay, yippee. But what the fuck does that do? What does that do for me? It doesn't do anything. He hasn't won shit. He hasn't done nothing but says, I'll give him props for 33-3. and Yay. Good job. Urban won a natty, bro. There. He went undefeated his first year at Ohio State. They just happened to be on probation and couldn't play for the playoffs. Or he probably has two natties at Ohio State. Just throwing that out there. He won two at Florida. He won at Utah. He fucking turned a Bowling Green program around. Like, totally different. 33-3 and means absolutely dog shit unless he wins a natty. So, sorry. We're about results here. We're not about records and fucking meaningless games. It doesn't mean shit. Meaningless games don't mean shit. Lane Kiffin's 10-2 and two this year. First 10-win season in Ole Miss history. Guess what it's going to be good for? A regular bowl game. A regular bowl game. 10-2 and two at Ole Miss in the SEC is a fucking phenomenal season at Ole Miss. And he ain't playing for shit. He's playing in a regular, meaningless bowl game that players will opt out of to go to the NFL and not even fucking play in. Just let that sit in. 10 and 2, most wins in the school history, and he has yet to do shit. In the history of college football, when it's all said and written, you think they're going to write down that Ole Miss went 10 and 2 and not didn't win no natty, didn't win no BCS playoff game, didn't win anything. So all they're going to say is he won 10 games. It means nothing. So please understand that this is a fucking result-oriented life, a result-oriented business, and unless you win the natty, unless you win these big-time games, you ain't shit. And I'm sorry. A lot of people can coach. A lot of people can fucking. But it is good sometimes to be the big fish in a little pond. Keep your ass there and keep winning at your place you're familiar with. Because once you leave that pond and you jump in that other big fucking ocean out there, which is the SEC right now, or at least the West or whatever, you're going to fucking wish you stayed at Ohio State, wish you stayed at Penn State. See, see, James Franklin's smart. He's like, oh, shit. And Penn State knows that the next level coach below him is not close to him. So they're going to pay James Franklin to stay. They're not going to pay another guy to come in. So the same with fucking Mel Tucker. You know, that, that contract got signed after they got beat by 50. <laughs> so they know the next coach is not close to him that they can go get. See, these other cats, though, these other schools, in my opinion, are really, they, 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 they believe in fool's gold. They get fucking fooled by them thinking they're shitty at Akron, has won, what, two games in three years or some shit. They really think they can go get a fucking big-time coach every two years 
Every two years, your coaches fail, and you fire them, and you try to go get another coach of the same caliber. Like, ignorance is fucking life-threatening, man. And you guys do the same shit over and over and over and over and over and think there's and expect a different result. And that's fucking insane. It's the definition of insanity. All you guys with doctorate degrees out there, presidents, listening, ADs, hiring, you guys are hiring search firms to hire a coach that they don't really know to coach a group of young men they don't even know and have never met. If that makes sense to you, then you know we're in the wrong business because this is all about bureaucracy, politics, and unfortunately these kids are in the middle of this thing and it's it's really fucked up. It's really fucked up. And, uh, you know what, Alan, I don't, I don't personally leave Ole Miss for Miami. First of all, Miami's facilities are absolute dog shit. Ole Miss is shit on them. The SEC versus the ACC and the all time worst ACC, in my opinion, Florida state's not very good. Miami's not very good. Clemson's down this year, but North Carolina is mediocre. Vatek is mediocre. Um, you got no powerhouses in that league. Wake Forest and, and Boston College are average. You know, Wake Forest is, is having a better year than they have in a long time. But, you know, that's probably a one-hitter quitter. I wouldn't leave. Um, I wouldn't leave Ole Miss for Miami right now. Not unless I saw a huge blueprint that they're about to do a huge upgrade in facilities which they have started doing i know i know they've upgraded some shit but it still ain't sec worthy in my opinion i don't know um jc no disrespect i don't take disrespect i think uh disagreements create great conversation but jc you're wrong (laughs) winning games in the sec in the big 10 is not easy you're right it's not but it's expected it's average and it's supposed to happen so Unless you win it all, you've done nothing. That is my point here. Just telling you, this ain't a fucking moral victory game. We don't play. We're not coaching for moral victories, dude. We're coaching for fucking national championships. I'm sorry, JC. When you make $10 million a year and your expectations is just to win games in your league, you got me fucked up. You have this whole profession fucked up. If you think $10 million a year is only supposed to be for fucking league victories, then my friend, you're very short-sighted or fucking blinded by uh, horseshoes and hand grenades. I'm just going to straight up tell you. It's about natties, bro. You make $10 million a year, you better fucking win a natty. Not a playoff game. Not a fucking league championship. You better win a natty. So, just throwing it out there. Dog, $100 million to coach kids that you barely or even rarely know anything about and give a shit about. That's really what we're talking about. (laughs) These motherfuckers have no real interest other than making this money. Now, there's coaches out there that care for their kids. Don't get me twisted. But 90% of the coaches out here will leave these kids in a New York minute for a bigger job tomorrow. 
Can't fucking tell me that you fucking have all this investment and is vested in these kids and best interest and whoopty whoopty whoop. So I'm just telling you, they don't give a shit. Um, but pilots and passengers, you know, it's just unfortunate, man. It was rivalry weekend. started last night. Ole Miss t- Lane got his 10th win against Mississippi State, the Egg Bowl. Um, we got Ohio State and Penn State. I mean, Ohio State, Michigan. We got uh, Penn State, Michigan State, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, North Carolina, North Carolina State coming on in about an hour and a half. Uh, and then you got a shitload of coaching rumors out there. If, while we're on the coaching tip, I haven't even really got into the show. You're on the coaching tip. You got Dave Aranda. This is when you know something's up. I'm just going to give you a clue, okay? Dave Aranda, head coach at Baylor, was a D.C. at Baylor, uh, I mean at LSU, he is a hot ticket. Just like every year, there's a new hot ticket. Um, you know, he's winning. He's pretty decent at Baylor, but he told the media today that he loves Baylor. He don't want to be anywhere but Baylor, and he uh, he he would love to stay there. That basically is the way to say I'm lying and I want the fuck out of here. And if SC calls me, I'm out. <laughs> That is how he tells the media very nicely that he wants out. So he's a Southern California guy. He makes sense about going to USC, in my opinion, um, more than the other coaches I've been hearing about anyway. Um, I do agree that Lane can recruit Miami, no doubt about it. Um, I, I do believe that Lane can go recruit anywhere. You know, Lane's a good friend. He, he still has a house out there in, in, in uh, Boca, and uh, from his FIU days, loves it, or FAU days. Um, so, I mean, I just don't think Miami, I think Miami's a lateral move. Like, I would see him going to LSU before Miami. Because SEC, man, there's no, more, there's no money like it. There's no facilities like it. There's no TV contracts like the SEC. It just doesn't make sense, except for Miami. Um, I don't know, man. I hope Dion stays put. You know what I'm saying? I just I, I like Dion. I like what he stands for. I like how what he gets through to the kids, the way he conveys it, everything like that, Alan. I don't think no offense, I don't think he's a very good coach. But again, you don't have to be a great coach if you got the kids running through a wall for you either. I just don't know if he can sustain that at a place like TCU where everybody has money. Everybody is gonna go get those kids and now you're not a big fish in a small pond no more. You're a small fish in a big pond. Um, so I think Dion can speak well. He can talk. He probably interviews well. He's Dion Sanders. You know, the unfortunate part is, that, uh, Alan, a lot of these kids don't even know who Dion Sanders is anymore. So, you know, that's the cold part. A lot of these recruits that your rec- people are recruiting nowadays, they don't know who the fuck Bo Jackson is, Barry Sanders. They they have no idea. And they don't play, they don't watch football no more. They play video games. They play fucking Snapchat, fucking Tweet, Instagram, you know, TikTok. They're video games, um, Fortnite, all this shit. They're not watching football like they once did. That's why, to me, it's so easy to decommit. It's so easy to drop football. It's so easy to transfer because... In my opinion, they're not invested in the sport like we were when we were young. 
We knew every fucking thing about every single person in our that played our position. These cats don't know no more. They don't give a fuck. They're they're, too, they're doing all this social media shit. So that's just my opinion. Um, see, to me, Kalani, I, t- I, I just talked about on Pat McAfee's show a few hours ago. Kalani Sataki is a head coach at BYU, good friend of mine. He should be... Uh, it's funny, I'm going to address some guy, I guess, my buddy called me. He was like, hey, there's this guy that's always smart ass on Pat's show. He always says, oh, Coach JB knows everybody. Well, I wouldn't say I know the guy if I fucking didn't. <laughs> First of all, when you have the most pl- the best players in the country every year and you get them graduated and transferred, you, I would probably think I do know them. But Kalani, Sark, Lane, those type of guys I've known from most of my life. So... Uh, there's really no reason for me to lie about it. I'm, I just speak the truth. I think Alan in the sh- in the in the room here will tell you uh, if there's a coach out there that don't know me or I don't know him, then uh, then I'm missing something because pretty sure they know me. Um, and these are just I, I met him once and know him. These are motherfuckers that stay the night in my house and get fucked up with me. Okay, there's a fucking big difference. Just so we're clear. But anyway, Kalani, great friend. Uso, Polynesian, Tongan. He's not getting the recognition in my eyes that he should be. Like, to me, he's a SoCal native. He has turned BYU, top 15 program. And he hasn't been mentioned at all about USC, in my opinion, or any other big job. And it's crazy because the Polynesians are the old black coach. And let me explain to you what I mean. What do you mean, Coach JB? Well, when you know what I'm talking, coaches out there know what I'm talking about. See, black assistant coaches were the highest commodity in inside this white-owned profession. So when the players are black, you need black coaches to coach them. So these old white coaches would go find a bunch of young black coaches to go find coach the black kids, recruit the black kids, et cetera, et cetera, right? Really a slap in the face. It's a meat market, but I say that every day. The p- kids are the piece of meat. So are the assistant coaches, in my opinion. But we play the game. We got to do what we got to do to get by and try to get our fucking foot in the door, get a tenure, try to get a name, et cetera, et cetera. Well, the cold part is, is the Polynesian coach has now become the black assistant coach. And that has changed a little bit. So like Polynesians are a commodity right now. A lot of cats want poly D lineman, O lineman. A lot of cats want the poly um, safety. They all want the poly, you know, linebacker. So polys have become a hot commodity. They want to get the rock recruited, the Island, Hawaii, the rock. If you don't know, um, they want to be able to have that diversity, if you don't know that. Um, but, you know, a lot of SoCal Polynesians, obviously, more than most places have them, besides Hawaii probably, Utah, you know, but for the most part, California dominates in the Polynesian world from Oceanside to Carson, you know. Um, there's a lot of Polynesians, right? And then you got Utah, Bountiful. Different areas of recruiting in, obviously. So the Polynesian world is becoming very, very big in the Division One landscape of things. And they're a wanted commodity. They want Polynesians. Well, Polynesian coaches have become hireable more and more and more. The issue is when my boy Ken at 
Navy was real successful and, and turned down some gigs. And now Navy's kind of hit a wall and has fallen. You know, now his name's not really mentioned a lot. Polynesian names have kind of. You got Big Joe at Oregon, who's assistant head coach there. For Mario Cristobal, he's a big recruiter there. Brings a lot of kids in. Um, great dude. You know, Joe Salavea. You got Kalani at BYU, who's doing a lot of big things at BYU. Unless one of them gets a big job and wins, the poly world is going to start to flounder too, which is going to be a shitty deal. So one of these cats need to get on, get a big gig, and win. And I would love to see Kalani do it at SC. I think he could. But we'll see. I don't think SC hires anybody of color. That's just my opinion. I'd be super shocked if they did. Um, so who knows? Um. That's who my eye think, but who knows? They're the, now they're talking Billy Napier to Florida. Another topic today, Billy Napier to Florida. Uh, you know, the, the, the statement that Lou, I mean, Skip Holt released today kind of irritates me because it's the, sorry, it's the, the audacity and the, enabled fucking mindset they have because they know if they quit or get fired, they're going to have another job tomorrow. And they're in the fraternity, in the circle, and they'll never be taken out of it, right? And, like, for him to say, okay, I've been here nine years, I'm out, thanks, but it's time for me to go have a, get a new job. <laughs> like, only if America, everyone out there from Walmart workers to motherfucking Amazon warehouse workers to regular joes can 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 live that life right if we all could live that beautiful fucking worry free i'll be fired tomorrow but i'll be hired the next day mentality god damn we i'm so glad your daddy was lou holtz motherfucker because i'm just telling you skip you haven't really busted a grape in a fruit fight you ain't really done shit you're in a fucking mediocre group of five conference and hasn't done really shit. You're 15 games above 509 years. It's not really blowing the roof off of anything. And I'm sure you'll see him hired here in the next few days at one of these schools, whether it's Akron or be it fucking um, one of these jobs that are open. Um, one of these jobs that are open you know, he'll be a coach. He'll get a job. He's Lou Holtz's son. It, it's it's crazy, man, how that shit works. But that's how it works. That's how this business is. Um, I don't know. I don't know if you guys know, man. I, I just did a video on social media earlier. But did you guys know, you, you guys all heard about the media attention the California high school got. Quarterback committed to UCLA. They throw, He threw for 13 touchdowns. Um, Inglewood High School out here in L.A., they beat Morningside High School, which is a rivalry. They put 106 points on them, 106 to nothing or something. And everybody bashed them. Everybody bashed the fuck out of them. They wanted the coach fired. He only has like 22 players on the roster. Black school for the most part. Paul Pierce um, went there. Um, a lot of famous fucking people have gone to both Morningside and Inglewood High. But 
Inglewood put up 106 points and was literally bashed on a national scale. They wanted the coach fired for, for, for showing no mercy and sportsmanship lack of or lack thereof. Blah, 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 blah. Mind you, life's about choices and choices we make. We chose to play a competitive sport against one another. And now, to me, it looks like a you problem. To them, it's a us problem. And we put 106 points on you, so we should fucking be fired. And, like, it's a every day, everyone deserves a trophy-ass fucking generation. Just like California High School Athletics Association, CIF, has implemented a thousand divisions and now everybody needs to get a trophy you know my buddy's high school went 10 and 0 they lose in the first fucking round of the playoffs because they put them against a division two opponent which was just a better division when the second and the third place team in their own league who they beat by 50 one of them is playing still in the CIF finals in like division 87. Like to me, it don't make no fucking sense. Everyone deserves a trophy. You're not even a league champ and you get to play for a overall title of the state division you're in. Give everybody a fucking trophy. Well, everybody shit on Inglewood for putting 106 points. Inglewood ultimately has lost in the playoffs, by the way. They lost last week, okay? Um, and I just want to make sure you understand something. Modern day, arguably the number one high school in all of America. Okay. They have been for the last few years, 28 division one players on the team. I think, um, no, we never used to have it this way. Dominic, we never had the tears this way. We, the best played each other, dude, like, you know, if you win, you're in the in the playoffs. If you didn't make it or you're not a third-place team in your league, you don't make the playoffs. But you were in the same division if you were in the same league. Now we have teams in, our, in the same league in other divisions as they go in the playoffs. So everybody can get a fucking trophy. It, it's a fucking joke. But anyway, uh, modern day, dominating high school. They play for the championship uh, of the big boys, the open division, the biggest division in, in the country, California, and, and the country. Um, they play Servite. I think Servite's like the number three or four ranked team in the country who just knocked off St. John Bosco last week where DJ uh, played, Clemson quarterback, where his little brother is the number one recruit in the country, tight end. Uh, everybody's offered from Alabama to Clemson. Um. He's only a sophomore at St. John Bosco, by the way. Uh, Big Dave's his dad. Yona's his brother. A good friend of mine. I grew up with Juco guy. Uh, it's it's crazy, though, how the narrative changes from zip code to zip code. You got a black zip code. Let's just call it what it is in Inglewood. And you got this fucking white private school zip code in Santa Ana, California. Orange County, Orange County housewife type of shit, right? Even though Mata Day is not in a great neighborhood of Santa Ana. Santa Ana does have some shitholes and some hoods. But the bottom line is, a kid got hazed and beaten damn near to death, has brain damage, broken nose, lacerations, looked to try to transfer after he came to his wits, and Mata Day refused to sign off on the transfer. 
saying that he was a part of it. In California Ed Code and Transfer Code, law states that if you were involved in a fight and the coach or the administration deem it down and write it down on your transfer paperwork that you were, you cannot play at the new school in California. So you're fucked. Sit out a year. Waste a year. What if you're a senior? You're fucked. The appeal process is an absolute shit show in, in, in the CIF. It's, it's horrible. It's ran by a joke of a dude. And I'm just telling you, I've had my outs with them all. But I'm just telling you, why haven't you heard about the modern-day hazing incident, but you continue to hear about Inglewood, who didn't hurt anybody physically besides hurting their fucking pride of the opponent by putting 106 points on a program and a bunch of kids who chose to play. Why haven't we heard this fucking narrative being pushed? Why is it modern days fucking grossly insubordinate, unprofessional, lack of humanity being discussed on a daily basis like the Inglewood fucking game of 106 points shellacking of Morningside. Why is it not in the same breath? Why aren't we talking about them like we did Inglewood? Modern day just hazed the kid in their own locker room by an assistant coach's son. And they've literally covered it up, put it under the rug, saved the head coach's life. Uh, I mean, job. Who's a, who's been there forever? He's a legend there. Um, you know, one of my great friends in the world, Derek Sparks, who played him on today, was a legend. Played at Washington State with uh, Drew Bledsoe. Passed away this week of cancer. Uh, he's probably one of the more famous modern day alum because he was one of the first transfer high school kids in America to transfer from one high school to another. He left one high school, went to modern day high school here in SoCal which is playing for the state national championship this weekend. Um, passed away, obviously. So shout out to Derek and his family. You'll be missed, brother. Um, you have no idea. I spoke to his, he, he started a foundation called Cleats vs. Cancer up in Seattle to fight cancer uh, for coaches and, and fighting cancer. I went up and spoke for him um, at his events. Um, just a great human, solid human, great football player, great, greater human, um, shout out to his wife and two daughters. Um, you know, life goes on, man. Life goes on. We got to continue to drive forward and try to help others. But the bottom line is, man, you know, never let the things you want make you forget the things you have. We often look fucking beyond the green fucking grass in our front yard and think that the green grass in our backyard is fucking greener. It's really not. It's a fucking optical illusion, man. You motherfuckers better really uh, figure that shit out. But, but modern day damn near kills a kid and covers it up and nobody's talking about it. And you cannot sit here and tell me that it don't have nothing to do with the zip code they're in. Because Inglewood was easy prey, 106 points, black kids, black coach, fucking black hood, and they're getting blasted left and right for putting up 106 points on another black school and another bunch of black kids and coaches. But modern day, white coach, predominant white area, Hispanic area, Santa Ana, obviously, 
A lot of black kids from all over the country, though. Like, modern days at college, they got motherfuckers from... Nobody's from Santa Ana on that roster, just so we're clear. Nobody's from their fucking backyard. Nobody's from their actual district. <laughs> I just want to make sure y'all know how it works out here. They're the IMG of California. Them and St. John Bosco, both. Either one of those kids... Either roster is fucking has backyard kids, just so we're clear. They're kids from all over the state of California getting picked up in buses, um, picked up all over SoCal, drove in, and it's kind of just a free-for-all. And I did it at a public school, and they tried to fucking get me the fuck out of there because, again, I'm helping black kids. See the difference? They don't want you to help black kids and not be black. <laughs> you think I got white privilege? Shit. I was the most hated motherfucker in this motherfucking profession. And I'm the most hated Juco cat in the profession. It is what it is. Makes my dick hard, man. I don't give a fuck. As long as the kids know what I did for them, I give a fuck about how you feel about me. And that is just what um, this business is and this profession is, and it's fucked up. And modern day has a kid almost die, yet you've heard nothing. But you heard about 13 touchdowns a kid threw on another team and how, how unsportsmanlike it was. <laughs> so what is it when you almost kill a player? Is that just downright they're bad? Shouldn't have been in the locker room getting his ass jumped? Like, I, I want to know what the fucking difference is. W why is one being pushed and not the other one? I don't know, man, but you got pilots and passengers, and unfortunately, man, we got far too many passengers trying to fucking drive the ship, and they don't even know where the fucking, how to get the bitch in first gear, but we're giving them the keys to the ship. Ah, man, I don't know. You guys are killing me. You're blowing me away with that shit. Um, I got some dislikes, man, I got to go over, man. I want to make sure you guys... You is slap dick pretty much. Why you much. call me slap dick? Because my dick slaps me across your face. <laughs> I got some slap dick dislikes, man. I got to be honest. Have you ever posted something? I don't know if you guys, it happens to everyone, but for me, being a verified guy and, and having some followers, I guess, if I post something, I get these slap dick fucks who write on the comments in there, Follow me, be the first to get $800 on your cash app and make sure you follow me. And so they know that my video I posted or whatever I said is going to get a lot of views. So they jump in there and then they, they tell everyone that's in my comment section, follow them, get $800 to their cash app. Now, it has to be one of my pet peeves on social media right now, these bottom feeding fucks. Um, I got a story though, man. It's fucking comical. I posted on my story earlier today. I get a guy that hits up my podcast profile, my slapdick podcast profile. And on the, on the story, he hit me up on my podcast uh, profile and says, Hey coach, uh, I can get your podcast profile verified. So I look at his thing. Because my 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 uh my real profile, the real coach underscore JB is verified, but my other ones aren't. And I was thinking about trying to get them. Twitter won't verify me. I have no fucking idea why. So I'm done with that. But Instagram, I'm trying to get some other accounts verified: my bully account, my podcast account, and my whiskey account. So this guy hits me up, 
and says basically, I can get you verified. I do verification for all these people. And I'm sitting there looking at his profile. And this motherfucker is not verified himself. Now, perception's reality, dog. If you're trying to sell people and get people to buy a service from you to get verified, and your bitch ass ain't even fucking verified, do you think I'm boo-booed the fool, motherfucker? Do you think I'm going to say, all right, here's my $100. Go get me verified, motherfucker, that don't have more than 100 followers and not even verified himself. At least be verified if you're trying to sell verification, you fucking idiot. And for anybody out there that's bought this service from this motherfucker, your dumbass is even dumber. So make sure I put it on the Twitter, on my social media uh, story. I'm like, this motherfucker trying to verify people and he not even fucking verified. Ain't that some ignorant ass shit? But anyway, um, I just find it comical, man. Um. Another dislike I got, dog. I got to be real. This I got another dislike, and it's like crazy. Who in this motherfucking room hates driving down the freeway and the motherfucking either an old-ass lady or a young one? Seems like it's always a woman, though. Got their fucking bare feet in the motherfucking window or out the window. Motherfucker, we don't want to see your motherfucking fucked up feet. Put them motherfuckers away and let your man deal with them motherfuckers. If your feet are that fucked up, you should not be showing the motherfucking feet to the public. Please don't do it. Who's that to my door? Don't ring the doorbell. Please. Good, he did it. One of these motherfucking solicitors. All right. He rings the doorbell. The dogs are fucking going crazy, and this motherfucker's shot. Um, yeah, who the fuck? I know you all seen those fucking ugly-ass feet in the window. Stop playing. I can't. That's a pet peeve of mine. Oh, man. Please do not put your motherfucking feet in the window. Yeah, she better have some pretty feet. She better be bad as fuck. She can't be no fucked up having fucking hammer time and motherfucking. She can't be having all kind of fucked up feet, dog. See, I disagree. I think there are such things as pretty feet, dog. Women women can't have pretty feet, dog. I'm just telling you. And men, you need to do some shit because some of you motherfuckers is horrible. Like, you have not a fucking. You might as well. You need to cut your shit off from the ankle down, motherfucker. Your fucking. Some of your feet look like straight whatever. Like, whatever happened. God damn. Oh, nah, dog. I've had some women with some pretty-ass feet now. You you can't have them. You got to... It, it is what it is now. You, it, it ain't like it's a... It ain't like feet is a motherfucking cherry pie, dog. I mean, feet are feet. Now, there's levels of feet. Don't get it twisted. If a girl got ugly-ass fucking feet, dog, I really seriously might not even fuck with you. Hey. I'm one of them type of cats. B, you definitely ain't going to have your bare ass feet on my sheets in the bed. Your motherfucking ass is going to have some socks on. Maybe two pair of socks. Now, I'm just keeping it real. Um, 
Anyway, that was two of my fucking two of my uh, pet peeves for the for the day and the week, man. Um, pilots and passengers, man, which one are you? Do you pilot the ship and direct motherfuckers on the right path, or are you the passenger trying to be the pilot way before you learn how to fucking drive? That's what we have in life right now in society. We got too many motherfucking passengers thinking they're pilots. And we got too many pilots allowing the passengers to drive your ship. Stop letting them operate the fucking big boy toys. They can't do it. And when you let them, you're enabling them. And now they think they can direct motherfuckers. And they're fucking all going to the left at the stop sign. Because they don't know how to turn right at the stop sign, motherfuckers. You're allowing them to fucking tab the keys and ship and pilot everybody wrong traveling roads. You got them against the grain. They're traveling on one-way streets because you ain't fucking taught them yet how to drive. They're too young to learn to know how to drive and pilot the ship. We're giving these cats too many keys too early. Stop doing it, mom, dad. The fucking girl who hits the teacher in class and calls her mama. And her mama listened on the phone to this lady calling the lady a black teacher, A, that she's full of shit because she's black. That was the first thing. Then she cussed at the mama on the phone four times. Motherfucker, fuck this, fuck that. For the mom to listen tells you one thing. First of all, it's a top trait in behavior. You, it's a learned behavior you're being taught, A. And B, the mom accepts it and does not correct it. Because you either coach it or allow it. And the mom is sitting there allowing this fucking young ass, fucking disrespectful motherfucker to talk to her that way. While she's in class on a school phone stopping instruction to be a rude, disrespectful cunt. Sorry, ladies. <laughs> See you next Tuesday. I'm sorry. That's the acronym. I'm an acronym guy. See you next Tuesday. Cunt. That's what it means. <laughs> I'm sorry. I hate to call a young girl that, but man, uh, you guys are testing me, dog. I'm telling you, you motherfuckers are testing me. That's why I'm not eager to co-coach nowhere. I'm not so eager to go back to coaching right now. Because I will choke fuck one of you motherfucking disrespectful fucks. And if you're a woman, I'll have a girl, a homegirl, or a homegirl's daughter come up and choke fuck you. You know me, how, how I feel. I don't touch women, don't hit women. I think you should be castrated if you do hit a woman and you're a man. I don't fucking play that game, but I'll have a girl beat your motherfucking ass. So I'm just going to straight up tell you, you better, and I'm just telling you, my daddy can beat your daddy's ass, motherfucker. Just best believe that shit. And you old heads in this room listening on this podcast will understand what I just said. My daddy will beat your daddy's ass. <laughs> so it is what it is. Um, anyway, man, uh, I've been having some dog issues, man. And uh, I got to be honest, I'm probably going to sell both puppies. Um, I'm going to have to downsize here. It's going to be rough decisions in the next few days, weeks to come. 
Um, just too many dogs, too many motherfuckers want to be dominant alphas, and there's going to be either me killing one of these motherfuckers or one of them killing each other, and it's just uh, unfortunate, and it's going to be heartbreaking, but um, it's true. So instead of keeping the trimural, I'm going to sell him. I was offered fifty five grand from an MTV star. I can't say no names. Um, it wasn't Cody either that was on my show. But anyway, I'm going to sell him. I'm going to also sell the Blue Merle. Um, they're both getting huge. Uh, they're starting to play with each other. They're just three weeks. So they'll be ready to go at eight weeks, which put around Christmas time. So if you guys want a Christmas baby, go to slapdickbullies.org. Check it out. Go. I'll have puppy pictures on there soon. Um but also, make sure you just go check out my Instagram um, account, Slapdick Bullies, and you can see um, you can see the 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 deal. All right. So um, the mother is Bailey, this one here walking, um, and then the daddy is Bonham, right above him. Her, that's the daddy of the Trimural. Stogie, this asshole here, is the daddy with Bailey as well for the Merle. Yes, you can't have two daddies and one mama in the same litter. So that's what happened. So check it out. Um, Slapdick Whiskey is getting cracking. So just so you know, um, I got seven dogs here because it's two pups. So five grown, two pups. So obviously, um, Doughboy, I would love to get Doughboy a home. Okay, Doughboy's nine months old. And Stogie has went after him twice, and it's not pretty. So Doughboy's going to have to find a home, or Stogie's going to have a... I'm going to have a hard decision to make with Stogie. So I'm just telling you guys, it's it's become very stressful in the slapdick home. And Stogie's not playing. He's used to being the solo dog, which I feel shitty for. I've been a horrible fucking owner, apparently. And it's unfortunate. Um, but I also can't live my life this way. So I'm going to have to make decisions, which is going to be tough. Because you know these dogs are like my fucking... That's all I give a fuck about. I don't give a fuck. I'm, they're loyal. Uh, they're the only motherfucking things loyal in this world. So I'm all obviously loyal as well. But also I can't have fighting going on and, and, and all that type of shit. Doughboy's the most fucking mild-mannered, sweetest fucking dog in the face of or the earth. And uh, I can't let him just start, just keep getting attacked by his own daddy. It's crazy. But the dogs don't know their own kids. Kids don't know their own dads in the dog world. People don't know that, but they don't. So, um, well, we do ship, by the way. So, I do have a dog nanny that ships worldwide. She's world famous. Her real name is Buffy, and she's huge on Instagram. She delivers to mega stars. Big time bully breed. So she's one of the only licensed people in the world that can jump on a plane and put a bully on it full grown and sit in the front seat on a plane. Just so you know. So she does have a delivery fee and she does deliver all over the world. FY. Um, anyway, this show is brought to you by Manscaped. 20% off. Use my code slapdick at manscaped.com. Go get you some Christmas ball shaving tools. Also shaves your ears and your nose, hairs, all you hairy, crusty-ass, fucked-up men out there who don't give a fuck about your hygiene. Go shave your balls.
your ass, ears, all that shit. Motherfucker, if you a dirty fucking hairy motherfucker, this is the perfect tool for you. Now, if you refuse to use it, then you need to just go dip in a motherfucking Listerine bath for fucking six days straight and add some chlorine and gasoline to that motherfucker and light your shit on fire, motherfucker, because you deserve to be castrated. Um, anyway, hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. Hope you guys are chilling. Slapdick whiskey, great Christmas, Christmas present. Go to Coach JB. Dot com. I mean, uh, CoachJBStore.com. Get you some, uh, get you some uh, slapdick whiskey. Allen on here, breaking news. SMU hires Rhett Lashley. Is Rhett with Lane right now? Is that where he is? Um, where's, where's, where's he at? Um, Hey, is Alan is Sonny Dykes the TCU coach? I heard Sonny Dykes got named named the coach already uh, earlier this week, but they haven't broke it. I heard Sonny Dykes was already the coach at TCU, so that's kind of why I knew Dion wouldn't get it. But I haven't heard officially, but I do hear from a buddy that that's job's already done. Um, I know Dan Lanning very well, by the way. He recruited Jermaine Johnson from me, so you know. We, we, we talks quite a bit. Um, again, I don't believe Dan's the fucking is a head coach, but you know, it, it's all about what have you done for me lately and who you work for and what program hierarchy you work at. Georgia's the big dog right now. The D coordinator, obviously as the O coordinator will obviously get first dibs on one of these new jobs. But he is the highest paid D coordinator making over a million dollars a year at Georgia. Do you leave that to go to a shitty school just to be a head coach? Remember, there ain't no pressure on you, dog. You're making a million dollars and coach the best players in America on defense. Just play base. Play base and chill. <laughs> um. You got the best fucking front four linebackers and secondary. There ain't no reason to do a bunch of exotic shit. Play base, dog. Get in the base. Know how to defend every formation there is, and you'll be a genius. You'll make a million dollars a year, and you'll be named to go be a head coach. But I don't say every – I always say every job is not a good job. He don't need to leave. Like, that's the thing about it. And he's never been a head coach. So, like – a lot of you guys don't get it. Like, it's not that simple to go from a coordinator to a head coach. Once you sit in this chair, it changes the motherfucking game. I'm just telling you. Changes the game. And a lot of cats can't handle that game. A lot of cats can't handle that pressure. Pressure bursts pipes. There's a lot of things that go into that head coaching chair that they don't know about. And they can never even be gamed up on it. Because it's an experience-based deal. It ain't a fucking, this ain't a, I just get on the job and figure it out. Like, this ain't, I learned through osmosis and figured this thing out. This ain't that. It's an experience-based position. You have to know how to massage all these different things. 
And uh, it's not for everyone. And it's not for every coordinator, man. I'm just telling you. So just telling you, giving you some free game there. Um, but, man, teach your kids to be fucking passengers until it's time to be a pilot. Stop letting them think they're pilots already at 15, at 17, at 13. No, motherfucker. Sit your ass in the back and watch daddy fly this motherfucking ship. Shut the fuck up. You ain't nobody. You ain't paid a bill, motherfucker. Stop acting like you're the pilot of this motherfucker. You ain't the pilot, motherfucker. You are the passenger. Start acting like it. Parents, start teaching it. Coaches, start fucking demanding it. And we need more passengers, not more pilots. Pilots are different. Passengers are what's expected. Dog, it's easy to be average. It's hard to be different. We got too many average motherfuckers thinking they're fucking great. They're not great. They're fucking average, and it's making America turn into below average motherfuckers. We are the most mediocre country in the world, and it's for a reason. Our frontline workers are motherfucking Lil Nas X, motherfucker. That is who we are. It's motherfucking Kyle Kuzma wearing a pink sweater fucking dress to a fucking game, thinking that he's teaching the youth something. No, motherfucker. You're teaching our youth how to tuck their nuts instead of drop their dicks. Motherfucker, stop teaching us to hide our dicks as young men. Let them drop their nuts first. You motherfuckers with these big platforms should be ashamed of your motherfucking self, man, wearing that bullshit. If that's who you are, claim it, but it ain't. Oh, man, that shit is a fucking... uh, It's really sad and alarming. The shit is alarming because motherfuckers are cool with it. They rather talk about WAP videos than black on black crime and what's serious out here they don't want to talk about motherfuckers looting california's getting looted dog and unfortunately it's fucked up they don't want to talk about it to me what's pissing me off alan and everybody alan knows me and who i stand for and what i stand for i am the biggest young black advocate coach or person period in the world i believe all right I grew up with nothing but black people. I don't really have a lot of white friends. My daughter's mixed with black. Uh, you know, I I never had white privilege. I I don't. I am a product of my environment. I don't try to be something I'm not. I've never said the n word in my life. I, I I I I despise white motherfuckers that try to act black. I think that you're another passenger trying to be a pilot, and you're a fake fuck. And you need to learn how to stay in your fucking lane and be real to yourself. Stop trying to sag your fucking pants and act like you're black, white kid. You're not. And you don't have no fucking idea what it is, what it entails. Go get pulled over. And if a cop puts a gun in your motherfucking mouth, you'll sure act like you're a black motherfucker then. But see, that's what happens. You motherfuckers don't get it. You try so hard to be something you're not. And we're trying to get out of the shit. You motherfuckers are trying to get in it it makes no sense it's the most ignorant shit in the world henry suggs with a strap in his car going 160 is the worst advocacy for black young men that in the world 
You have a platform and you got a gun. You're not a gangster motherfucker. You rap cats out here. You're not gangsters, dog. You, another rapper got smoked last week because young Dolph or whatever. And dog, that's like the 20th black rapper getting killed by black men in this country. And dog, I'm just being honest. I'm saying that to say everyone knows how I am and with black advocacy and how I rep and what I think. I think that I don't think we should have Black History Month. I think it should be a normal fucking everyday occurrence. I don't believe it should be a monthly thing. Gay pride gets more warranted time than Black History Month. To me, that's a fucking choice, not a fucking right. I think black people were born black. They have no choice. I think gay people have a choice. For us to accept gays more than we do blacks is a huge societal issue, and we should be ashamed of our motherfucking selves. Our First Amendment right is being zipped up if we talk about something that's not supposed to be talked about, quote-unquote, but these so-called communities can say whatever the fuck they want, and we can't say nothing. But yet... These motherfuckers are saying the N-word like it's going out of style and nobody says nothing. But we try to cancel Dave Chappelle. We try to talk about Inglewood High School scoring 100 points and not fucking modern day high school. We sure talk about the wrong shit because zip code to zip code changes, dog. The color of the zip code you live in sure changes the narrative of what's being preached out there. I don't know. I'm just telling you. The reason I say I'm a black advocate in all these different things is black folks, stop beating up Asians. I just saw it happen yesterday. I saw it on two trains recently. Black people of all motherfucking people know already how deprived you've been, how fucked up you've been treated. Why are we treating Asians like that? We got to grow up, dog. We got to move on, dog. We can't keep fucking... Going after some motherfuckers that are also being fucking targeted. You already know what it's like. Get the fuck out of the way. Help the motherfucker. Don't fucking be like these other motherfuckers. They want you to do this shit, homie. They want you to kill each other and kill these rappers off, dog. Black on black crime so the white fucking, these white cape motherfucking can, can clap and, 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 and be happy. Dog, ignorance is life-threatening. Stop falling for the okey-doke, dog. Stop falling for the banana in the motherfucking tailpipe. Wake the fuck up and do some research, dog. And stop fucking playing victim. We don't need no more victims, dog. We already were held down for fucking 400 years. Y'all been fucking victimized forever. It's time to move on and get past it and start grinding and figuring out how to teach our young black women and men how to be fucking bad exactly men and teach the next generation how to fucking do it the right way. Fuck blaming everybody. It's fucked up. It is what it is. I can't go backwards. I take the rearview mirror out. I ain't looking backwards because I ain't going that motherfucking way. I'm not going that way. So stop looking backwards. We can't change the past, dog. We can't change the past. Black folks, you got fucked royally for I don't know how long. And I hate to see you motherfuckers out here looting our malls and taking all of our shit. Because you know what? That's what y'all supposed to do according to the white man. You're supposed to be criminal, motherfuckers. 
Stop feeding their fucking narratives, dog. Stop feeding their fucking. This is what they want. Oh, the black cats, you motherfuckers wanted to stop looting and all this old shit. And then the the Rittenhouse motherfucker came out and all that old bullshit. Homie, that's what they want. We already know if a black mama drove a black kid over with a fucking AR-15, he would have been gunned down walking down that motherfucking street. We know the real. But motherfuckers is going to ignore it and keep fighting it. We already know. All right. We got to look past the shit, though, dog. I got a black daughter, homie. I, 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 I tell her that every day. Dog, there ain't no reason to keep looking back and crying over spilled milk. We got to move forward and teach our young motherfuckers this ain't it. We got to start over, dog. Hit the reset button. We got fucked. We know our history. It ain't being taught in school either. But we know our history if you, look, if you go out there and know it. You heard it first. JB said TCU hired Sonny Dykes. It just was a name. It was just official, according to Allen. Um, but anyway, hey, man, I've done my preaching for the day. Uh, you know, stop beating up Asians. We don't need to fight Asians. We, we got our own issues, man. Stop killing each other. Stop looting the fucking malls and taking shit from Macy's and being on camera caught with your license plates on your car, motherfuckers. Come on, homie. You guys are just falling for the shit. Do you think they are not locking up the store for a reason? Do you think it's just ironic that Macy's left the store open for a bunch of motherfuckers to come in there and loot it? Come on, homie. Be smarter than that shit, dog. They opening it for you so you can go to jail later. You got a strike. You can't get a job. You can't get a job now, homie. You got a felony. They're setting you up systematically, dog. If you don't see it, you're fucking blind. You might as well go sit next to Stevie Wonder and sing some motherfucking lullabies, dog, because your ass is, is ignorant. And ignorance is life-threatening, And but we only know what we know. You know why we know what we know? Because our adults ain't teaching the young the shit they're supposed to be teaching them. They're teaching them to wear pink, long sweaters like Kyle Kuzma. And they're teaching these motherfuckers to beat up Asians and teaching each other to smoke rappers. And it's black-on-black crime, and that's what the white folks want, dog. That's what government wants, dog. You're controlling your own motherfucking population dog it was (laughs) self-defense that's the problem dog we don't really go we don't want to know the truth see what i'm saying motherfuckers is in here talking about self-defense still I don't even want to even discuss it no more because it's ignorant. It, it's it's life-threatening, dog. To, for me to say what I'm going to say, I'm just going to stay quiet because we already know if I got in my car with my mama and got dropped off with an AR-15 in my hand, I had intention to go do something. Motherfucker ain't even from there. He not even from that state or city. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, self-defense. If your motherfucking bitch ass would have stayed home, your bitch ass would never even be on TV and you wouldn't have killed nobody. 
Oh, coach, he killed a, a, a rapist. <laughs> Good. He killed a rapist. Motherfucker, that ain't the point. The point is, the motherfucker came with intent, motherfucker. He had an AR-15. I don't know a black person in this world that could have went to another state, dropped off by his motherfucking mama with an AR-15, and lived to talk about it. A little less beat a motherfucking jury trial. Get the fuck out of here. Miss me with the bullshit. You can't fucking get me on no bullshit, motherfucker. I ain't no motherfucking Rudy to Rudy Poot, and I ain't no motherfucking fool. So please don't try to fucking insult my motherfucking intelligence. Get the fuck out of here. Mama knew he was trying to kill someone. He knew, and it was plotted, motherfucker. Don't give me that bullshit. So be it. He beat the case. He killed motherfuckers that tried to kill him. Whatever you want to say. All I'm saying is the point being missed here is the fucking act of getting in his car from his house. If a black dude would have did that shit, he would have been fucking murdered, motherfucker. I don't want to hear that shit. Or he would have been arrested or beaten. He sure wasn't walking down the street. (laughs) Hey, no shit. They did a trial, motherfucker. No shit. Sherlock's homeboy <laughs> who are you telling they did a trial to motherfucker we know we, they had a trial <laughs> so so what it don't have anything to do with the price of fucking tea in China the motherfucker got out of his house and got in a car with intent with an AR-15 you can't tell me that if a black person did it he would still be here to talk about it that's my point I don't give a fuck about the jury trial and if he was right or wrong My point is the color of that motherfucking skin and the intent in his heart to get in that car with his mama and get dropped off with an AR. Why didn't he get dropped off with a motherfucking bag of goodies, motherfucker? Why didn't he get dropped off with a bag of fruit to give out to these motherfuckers? He had an AR-15, homie. Don't miss me with that bullshit. Motherfucker, if he would have brought some fucking fruit to the party, then I would have thought different. Oh, oh my God. So now you have to get out the car shooting. That's now you're a terrorist. <laughs> come on, dog. You sound ignorant as fuck, homie. You shouldn't come on my show, dog, with that bullshit because you sound ignorant as dumb as fuck. I'm just keep keeping it 100 with you. You sound about as ignorant as these motherfucking privileged white collar fucking white folks. Get off my show with that bullshit. Anyway. I appreciate everybody on the show. I got to run. I got to make a trip to L.A. in this three-hour traffic. And uh, I'll see you guys Monday, my friends and my foes. Hey, I appreciate you guys. Love you. Peace. Hope this ain't my last chance Will I make it, will I take it to the top We gon' see, it's the last chance for you Last chance for me, it's the last chance for you Last chance for me, it's the last chance for you Last chance for me, will I make it, will I take it to the top We gon' see, it's the last chance for you Last chance for me, it's the last chance for you Last chance for me Let's fight a guy, man